Welcome to the Around the Crease podcast. This is Mike Loveday, and once again, I'm joined by Tom Peace, and this is episode four of season two. So, welcome back, everybody. We're already four episodes into this thing, and uh, we're we're excited about this one. How you been, Tom? I know we missed a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been busy a busy couple weeks so for us, and been well, and uh, tons of things to get to cover here in the show, and um, a lot of some of lacrosse is picked up and uh, we're in the thick of it here and uh there's some good things we could talk about today on the show and um glad to be back on around the crease this week yeah and uh it's definitely been a busy few weeks and we're gonna we're gonna start with we missed uh two weeks ago i guess that would be the fourth of july uh spectacular that we (laughs) that we didn't do um because of you know just a small little tiny upstart event uh down in baltimore maybe not have heard of it but the under armor all-american uh weekend so I know both of us get there, and uh, I'm gonna let you start, Tom. Uh, like, what do you like? What are your thoughts from this event? Because I, I don't know how many years you've attended this, but I think I've yeah. I think I'm like ten or twelve or something like that. Yeah, so I'm, I've been doing it for just as long as it's been going on, uh, ten or twelve years, and um, it's always an exciting event. And it's one of the things we get into it, and we're all excited. Like we're we're gonna get some content for the show, and we're gonna talk about after the event and on the podcast but then it's such a busy weekend that once we get to the the week it's just like we want you just want to take a a little pause out from the light from everything and um it's such a busy weekend that that's house university and 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 at johns hopkins university as well this year for the senior game which was a great game on the women's side and the men's side and but it's it's one of those events that is um we'd said in the the past show that it's kind of like the Super Bowl of the sport during the summer. Um, all eyes are on um, these teams, these underclass teams, and the senior team as well. Yeah, so, now, I want to. Um, I want to ask you, what did you think? Because this was the first year, like in the in the past. For anybody not familiar with the event, and you know, that's quite possible because high school audience, you come and go um, as your kids come in, you know, come in and out of the sport. But you know, this was the first year that they had the underclass games at Towson, but then. The senior game was at Hopkins. Previous years, it's all been basically all contained at Towson. They had uh, the senior game at, at United Stadium in the stadium. So for us, it was always pretty easy. Like, we never really left. But, you know, just park your car in the morning, and you were there for the whole day. So I, I have some thoughts on it. It was an interesting day for me. So what did you think of the, the venue switch for that senior game, and how did that go for you traveling between Hopkins and Towson? <laughs> it was it – was one of the – interesting in terms of parking and also um just as, as a media person the, the press box can get a little crammed <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's such a it's a D, it's a division three school besides lacrosse and um they have they have a smaller press box at that level and um it was definitely a different field than it was a house where you have the, the division one kind of uh, perks and the bigger press box and and but and the parking was easier at Towson you could just walk over after covering underclass games and go and cover the senior games but yeah and this Be- year you just had to hop on get in the car and drive down Charles Street to to Johns Hopkins but it, it was definitely a um interesting switch I do like it being on Homewood Field. It was good for like pictures and yeah, it's good for the kids to play on that field. And 
I always tell kids just to cherish that moment when you play on the field like that because I played on it and a lot of people I know have played on it and it's like you, you want to like remember it and play your best game and so that's one of the things I, I was happy about to see that they moved that game there but logistically as a media member it was a little tough. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of the same way as Little Mix because, you know, it, it was so much easier for just rock, walking over to Tallahassee. You know, I might usually take a break in the middle of the day and go on to lunch or something like that. But then parking at Towson was usually pretty easy. Getting out of Towson is usually pretty easy. Um, but then that press box was so nice. And I feel like we got spoiled because we, we definitely got to know each other a little bit better <laughs> at the Hopkins press yeah. box. But I got to look at the photos. Um, obviously, I, I was there, um, and, you know, and Previous years, I've always been there, like ESPN or with student sports, and I was doing a little bit of everything. Like, I took a couple photos, but I was taking notes on games and doing stories and maybe doing like a top players kind of thing. So, like, I was wearing a lot of hats, but the luxury of doing the Lax Records thing, where I'm not really worried about doing game coverage or anything like that, I let let all you guys kind of handle that. Is I just go pretty much to take photos now. So, because I get players that you know I've written about all year, that this is my opportunity to get players from you know, the different coasts and different areas, I get their pictures. So, you know, and I was looking at my pictures from Hopkins and I thought these might've been the best backdrop because the, I think because you mentioned the D3 stadium, it looked way more packed than it did at Towson. I mean, Towson always got yeah. packed, but I mean, when you're talking about like, I don't know how many people Towson holds, but you know, you still had a ton of space and it was really just the one side of the field and it was just the one side of the field here at Hopkins too, but because of just this, you know, the smaller venue, it just looked a lot more crowded, and therefore it was a lot louder. So I thought the kids, like, I, I'd be interested to hear what the kids thought. But I like, I, and obviously they don't have a comparison because they hadn't played in Towson before. But it was just so much louder, and I thought like the kids kind of got that big, you know, di- you know, Division One feel of just the the state, the roar of the stadium, and you know, whenever people would score goals, you could hear the people go ooh like a lot louder. So that that was pretty cool to be down on the field and get to hear all that. So. You know, for media, we got to suffer a little bit, but I thought for the kids, it was great. Yeah, it was definitely good. And hey, the underclass games were even really impressive and uh, competitive all weekend long. And I was covering those games uh, from start to finish, and it was really exciting to see. Um, the Baltimore team was impressive. The older, t- the, I guess, it's the highlight team did really well, and um, the command. West team won the the younger age group for the boys' side, and they did a really good job. They have a really good goalie named Matthew Nunes, who's from Texas, who plays at the Woodlands. He had a really good game, and just a lot of talent in those games for coach, college coaches to see, and also as media members, if you're trying to um, follow the next um, Nikki Solomon, those, that's where you find them, and um, those games are really competitive and fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I, it's great. Like that's where I spent the major, obviously the majority of the day. I got there about eight o'clock in the morning on that Saturday, and I was there until uh, a little bit after. I think after, I think I left about the one thirty game, and then had a couple errands. Went and gave the Player of the Year trophy to the player that you guys will find out by the time you're listening to this. You'll find out on Monday, the sixteenth. I'll actually make that announcement, so I'm not going to spoil it here. Um, so I was <laughs> there at the Inner Harbor for a little bit uh, on Monday between the games, but I have to say, like. I've seen Brennan O'Neill from St. Anthony's every year since he's been doing this event because I think he was here, the I say here, obviously he was in Towson at the Under Armour Games after his eighth grade year because he played on the 
Cold Spring Harbor varsity team as an eighth grader. And then he's played in high school at St. Anthony's. So, and I have the photos, but seeing him in person too, he has gotten so much bigger. Like he is obviously yeah. filled out and like he was running. I think I saw him playing the Southeast team and he was running guys over. Like he, like yeah. he is a physically imposing attackman and, and they, Penn State, they got a good one. <laughs> He's, he is obviously filling out and uh, growing into the game that, you know, because he wasn't like, and I guess it was like obviously being an eighth grader, rising freshman playing against these guys that were, you know, freshmen and whatnot. Like he wasn't that much smaller, but he... He's a big kid. He was physically imposing. Like I think he's he's gonna be he's gonna be a good one. And just watching him getting to watch him play for that little bit, like I was really impressed. Yeah, and it's taken really seriously. It's not just teams put together from different areas of the country and they just come and and play and goof around and laugh. No, this is these teams get together. That they're selected after tryouts, but when they get together, it's all these guys are want to represent their areas and want to do well and get some bragging rights and you could tell that when you were watching this west command team those kids were really playing well and they were really proud of where they were coming from and how the game is growing out there so it's really important and fun yeah (laughs) entertain see these kids that from these out of hotbed areas on these region regional teams coming in and playing great and playing against like the Baltimore's, the Long Islands, and the Philadelphia teams. It's really exciting to watch. Yeah. So what's your favorite part of that weekend? Excuse me? What's your favorite part of that weekend? <laughs> well, as a as a college recruiter, it's the young committee game. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy. That was a softball. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, which is another thing, because I was like so excited about covering those uncommitted games that were in the Towson Stadium, and I could have just walked up to the press box and then covered the senior game, but I had yeah. to hop in the car and drive down to Hopkins after that. Yeah, no, so good. yeah I think my, my favorite part, and it, it's and obviously living here in Illinois and not being in Maryland anymore, it's become that much more prevalent to me that, you know, this is the weekend, one weekend of the year where I get to see all my friends and all the people yes. with media that I never get to see, like, uh, you know, Derek Tony with uh, Varsity Sports Network, a local Maryland uh, outlet. Like, I literally see Derek once a year. I think last two years ago, I might have seen him twice because I went to the MIAA championship game, drove back and, and watched that. So I saw him there. But, you know, I get to see him. I see Kathy Dunn from the Baltimore Sun, Ty Zanders, and now back with Inside Lacrosse. I get to see you. But it's like the one time a year I get to see everybody. So for me, it's like, you know, as much as I love watching the games and everything, I'm like, oh, I finally get to see everybody that, you know, I either exchange emails with, maybe a couple phone calls throughout the year, because we all get busy. Like, we all kind of forget about each other outside of lacrosse season. Lacrosse season comes up, we all touch base, but then we're all really busy and doing stuff. So it's always a lot of fun for me. And like I said, with that small press box, we, we got a little bit closer this year than we might have at Towson. Yeah, it, 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 it was a nice little press media lacrosse media reunion as you will yeah in that press box and it's cool to see that we all really want the game to grow and cover it and put it out there and it's great that we all come together for that senior game to cover it and make sure that it's getting the uh attention it deserves and i, I know just looking at your pictures from the event there's those are some really really amazing pictures you took Thank on the sidelines 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was, I, I, I got to do something right. It's the, the whole point of me being there. So I go through a lot of t- – I think I took – when I counted before I started deleting, I took well over 1,000 photos, well over 1,000 all for, considering the whole day. And I whittled it down to about 400 total. And I think even out of that, I could probably whittle it down a little bit more. But at some point, you just wear out. And like, and then I spent the next couple of days like going through and the rosters and naming all the kids in the schools and the years that graduate. So when I need a photo of uh, Canyon Birch from New Jersey, like I can actually find it without being like, what number was he with the New Jersey team? Like, I just can do a search on my computer. So that's the worst part. That's the part I hate. Like, if I could channel that out to someone else that'd be that would be my wish list like let someone else do that part of the ticket post i just want to take them i just don't want to name them i don't want to do the (laughs) of it later the asset management part is not my favorite part but they're really good pictures man i appreciate it um i I was really impressed with the quality and um they're really good for for, obviously you use them throughout the year which is awesome they get they get a lot of use for me, so I'll be and anybody like I'll I'll link to the each of the galleries in the on the website as well. They're already there, but then I you'll see them throughout the year, throughout the summer on uh, the Instagram page, the Atlax Record Instagram page. So, so uh, yeah. thanks thanks for the free plug there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, and you can also uh, go on 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 my Twitter account, uh, Peace Report Lax, and uh, I have listed all the um, Q and As I did with the, all the players on the underclass teams uh posting q a's with them and on my on my blog my piece report blog you can now find find that at laxrecords.com and um also i got some great interviews with a couple of the senior players on both the women's and the men's sides at the media luncheon and at after post game um with several players including uh um the player of the game miss uh miss uh Baker and she had a great game and um, so you can you can find that on the Peace Report Lax Twitter handle and at laxrecords.com and also since it was a tough week um, for po- folks in the Annapolis area after the whole uh, Capitol Gazette shooting um, the boys from the St. Mary's Annapolis High School players that were playing in the underclass game for the Baltimore team were wearing their um, high school helmets in uh, respect and in honor of the, the the folks who passed away at the um, at the at the Gazette that week, and um, it was really awesome that they did that. And I got a great interview with all four or five of those guys that were there representing St. Mary's and also just representing the Annapolis area. So we'll have that posted as well if you want to hear those. Uh, those guys talking about how much it means to, for them to be not only representing the Annapolis area, but also representing the, the the folks from the Gazette as well. Yeah, and I think what I want to do with that is kind of to treat them like we're going to do a little bit of a, a bonus podcast. So expect that this week. We're going to drop this week, and then I'll link to it um, in this show notes, and then we'll have that interview. Or it'll just be them. We'll, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna ruin that podcast with our with our stuff so we'll just, I'll do a quick intro and we'll have that interview so we'll link to that um, for those players as well so it was a, that was a great grab and unfortunately uh didn't overshadow the weekend but it just kind of put a little bit of a downer on that weekend yeah um, as well because obviously we all come there to to celebrate and then unfortunately we were brought back to reality um, yeah it was it was, t- it was tough yeah yeah so all right well 
Um, move, moving on a little bit, uh, we want to talk about to some, you know, that was a couple weeks ago. It was Fourth of July, and it's hard to believe it's already been two weeks. But we're gonna move. Like I know you've been um, back from vacation and back on the road, Tom. So why don't you catch up, catch us up a little bit on where you've been and what's been happening? Yeah, this week I'm up in I was up in New Jersey at the College of New Jersey for the Apex Summer Invitational, which is uh, a great event. It's just, it's the first year. It's running um just a good recruiting event um with some great club teams from around the uh, area such as uh the rock lacrosse club you had duke's twist you had south shore lacrosse program and the blue star lacrosse program out new jersey and a lot of these kids are really talented it's just um it's great to have it in that jersey south mid jersey area to have college coaches from that area like like around princeton and um some other schools that were in that area that um it was good for them to come out and see the town in the jersey pennsylvania area and also there's some schools there from that's not schools some clubs from utah and north carolina as well that were on hand to showcase their talents and and also illinois as well don't want to forget illinois there's a team there from illinois wow. true lacrosse illinois was there as well so um, it was a really good event, uh, two-day event. It was put on by Apex Lax Events, which I got a great interview with the uh, event coordinator, Shane Doss. You can hear that here on the podcast. And he gives his thoughts on the first running of the event. And then in a couple of weeks, they'll have another event, which is more of a, a selection type of event. It's called the Apex 60, which will be at Ryder University and uh college coaches will run these kids that were selected for the apex 60 through drills for tuesday for two days later this month um i believe it's the 28th and 29th of july so the apex lax events have two great events to kick off for their first ever events as a as a group um running these events and um the first one was really a, a hit and i was really impressed with the talent that showed up and played as well as just how well run and well organized um mr dawson and the rest of the apex lax events crew had everything running this weekend up in new jersey and let, let's uh so i want to cue up the the interview with, with shane here is there anything you want to kind of talk about leading into this before we we cut to it i uh, just that uh, shane doss is uh an alum from Notre Dame University, as a he played goalie for them, and uh, it's and also went to the Hun School, and he he's just one of those kids that's from that area that wanted to create this event so kids like himself and other kids in the area have a chance to get seen by some of the college coaches in this around the area and get recruited and some exposure before the um the September first date comes up here pretty soon so it's great that shane's doing this and uh here's his thoughts on the the first event and also the apex 60 coming up blog talking with shane doss the head uh events person here for the apex last events uh the summer invitation has been great what are your thoughts so far on we're super excited. We think everything went really well. Uh, playoffs going on right now. Some teams going home with championships. But uh, overall, I think everyone just had a had a really cool experience. A lot of really good lacrosse was played. 
beat the heat a little bit. Guys had to stay in the shade for uh, a little bit, but uh, everything turned out nice. Shane, you played the, the Division One level for Notre Dame for many years, and you were recruited out of this area. What's what's the goal for this event? Is it to help these kids in this area to get some looks, or is it just to just to play some good little? Absolutely, across? yeah. Recruiting was our you know our number one goal, and I think we had a really good turnout of college coaches. You know, Division One down to Division Three from all over the place. Um, so yeah, that that was the biggest thing is trying to get these guys playing really really high level across in front of you know college coaches and helping them find a home. Um, yeah, I had, I had an amazing experience playing college across, so I wanted to give these kids the same kind of opportunity. Talk about getting these some really good club teams to come here and play in this event. There's a lot of events this summer. <laughs> these yeah, nice teams yeah. Find the best places to play, and for your event for the first seat, first time. This, yeah. Yeah, it's it definitely good, good clubs. Definitely a big challenge, you know, getting clubs to sign on. It's our first year, um, but we, you know, we got teams from Utah, Chicago, all the way down to North Carolina um, coming in. So that that worked out really well for us, and it was a really cool mix of teams. And you know, I think everyone was really competitive. But uh, yeah, for us, you know, we're just we're pumped that you know we could fill this thing out in our first year, get a good base, and then you know really build it for year two. And then you guys have another event coming up, your first event as well for a. More of a selection type event, mm -hmm. Apex 60. Talk about that event. Yeah, yeah. So it's the last weekend in July, uh, Apex 60 showcase. Uh, it's just 60 players per grade who had to apply and went through an application process. And uh, when they get there, they're going to be run through drills and basically run through practices by Division One head assistant coaches and some Division Three head assistant coaches. Um, so it's really more hands-on. You're you're learning from the coaches, interacting with them. Um, the phrase we use is interactive exposure. So you're getting exposure, but you're also learning and you know learning what it's like to play for college coaches and play college across. So uh, we think that's going to be a really cool experience. We're really excited for the for the Apex Six. That's at Ryder, Ryder University. Ryder University, July 28th, 29th. All right. So that was the interview with with Shane Doss, who's running the Apex Lacrosse uh, events. So. Obviously, Tom, we're mid-July, which usually signals pretty much the wrap-up of the, the summer across season. It's Honestly, it's really hard to believe. I, I, I'm still kind of finishing up the high school lacrosse season here at this point, uh, but I guess now is as good as time as any to kind of let everybody know what's going on. So if you're listening to this on, on Sunday, which would probably be, I guess, the 15th because I don't have my calendar in front of me, on Monday the 16th, I'm going to be releasing my Player of the Year um, a story, my feature story on that person, which I'm again not going to spoil that today. So if you're listening to this after Sunday, or the <laughs> website lacrosserecords.com to see who that was, and then the following Tuesday, which would be the 17th, I'll do the uh, All Axe Records first team, and then I do a second team and a third team. So last year was the first year of this, and I actually had a lot of fun with it. And I talked a little bit about it on last week's podcast, but for anybody who who may not have heard that, um, this is a little bit different than your usual like U.S. Across All-American or the Under Armour All because honestly, they, they do those events. They do those kind of things well enough that I didn't want to duplicate it. So obviously being the site is statistically driven, this is kind of highlighting the players that made really large impacts on the stat sheet in their career. And honestly, <clears throat> it ends up being a lot of the same players that you see. Like there's, I have a few of the players that were in the Under Armour All-America game they were there, and I don't pick them because they're U.S. Are Under Armour All-Americans, U.S. Across All-Americans, or because they're going D1. just happens those players obviously had stellar careers um, as well. So anybody who's watched the recap of the 2018 season so far, you can probably guess a few of the players that will be on that team, but, again, I'm not going to spoil it. So check those out this week. I'll have that. And then that kind of wraps up my high school coverage for the year. 
And then I, at the rest of the season, like I have a lot of projects on my plate for updating the state pages on the site first, because career face-offs is a big thing that I've been wanting to add. And I started to slowly add that stuff, game face-offs. Face-offs in general have been getting added to the website. So anybody who wants to find out what's going on, I'm going to start updating the Twitter account at Lax Records uh, over the next few weeks. So you'll be able to see everything that's posted on the site and then kind of get the rundown of the updates that are happening on each of the state pages. Um, once I do the all Lax Records teams, the plan is to start making the updates, uh, sending out the updates that I've done on each of the state pages so far because there's been a number. It's it's kind of crazy how many players have gotten added to those state pages because I've expanded the the point total, the point threshold that get on each of the state pages too. So it's at least a 200 points. So I've added several hundred players on to the website just in the last few month last month. Um, it's hard to believe it's been that long, but since Massachusetts and it's been a crazy update. I think this has been one of the mo- my most busy off seasons, just getting updates out and things like that, yeah. getting stuff in. So. It's been a lot of fun, but it's also been a lot of work, which is then pushed back. And because I'm planning for a wedding, a little small thing in October, <laughs> I haven't gotten as much time because I would normally like to have the Lax Records team out by now. But uh, the future wife is calling and I have responsibilities and I have to make sure I handle those. Well, I get it, man. That's, we, I've been there, of course. It's, it's That's important stuff. But you're doing a heck of a job of getting stuff out there and material for people to read. And I'll definitely be there there to help out with material as well as we all know that it's not just the summer fall recruiting season that's big it's also now and it's also the fall recruiting season too that is huge as well yeah so so where what's your your plan for the rest of summer where can people check you out where are you going to be where's the where's the next tom's top 20 coming from because i know people are looking forward to those uh-huh. well the next top tw- tom's top 20 well, there will be one from the Apex Summer Invitational, uh, and you can find that uh, later this on, this coming weekend as well. And then also I, I will be um, this past week I was at the Cascade National Prospect Elite 80, which was in it's in Delaware at the D Turf Sport Complex. Mike, this place is humongous, tons of fields. Uh, I believe there's 24 of them. Um, there's so many fields. Um, it's really an impressive uh, venue for this event, and um, it's the Cascade National Prospect Elite 80, which is run by uh, Chris Bowen, who is a tremendous lacrosse player out of Johns Hopkins University, and also went to Boys Latin School. And um, so we'll have a top 20 from that as well, a girls and a boys top 20 from the Cascade National Prospect Elite 80. And then um, this week coming up, I'll be back in Delaware at the same place at the D-Turf Sporting Complex for the, now it will be called the uh, Maverick um, National Lacrosse Classic, which used to be under the Bryant umbrella, but now it's under Maverick. And um, so I'll be covering that event well as well this week, and we'll have some coverage from that. And you can uh, expect to see a Tom's Top 20 later this week from that as well. And then and a couple and following later this month, I'll be back up in Jersey for the APEC 60, which I was, uh, I was just talking about a little bit ago. And um, we'll have coverage of that as well. And of course, we'll have a Tom's Top 20 from that event as well. So um, you'll see my work from the Cascade National Prospect Elite 80, the National Cross Classic, and the APEC 60, which 
we'll round out my lacrosse season. <laughs> so that, goes, that goes from February to August, and so um, it's always a good time to wind down this month, and there's still some great events that we will cover and we'll have posted through um, with blog posts and top 20s on laxrecords.com through the Peace Report Lax blog, and um, you won't, don't want to miss any of that coverage because there's some great um, kids playing in these events that deserve the um, publicity and the attention and, and the spotlight. And um, I think we'll uh, make sure that, that those kids get the recognition. And you can always find that at laxrecords.com. All right. So where, where I know you've mentioned the, the Twitter and the Instagram, but where, what's the specific handles people can find you at if they want to want to touch base? Um, you can touch base. You can follow me at Peace Report Lax on Twitter, which has tons of um, updates from the Apex Lax Summer Invitational and as well as the Cascade National P Prospect Elite 80. Um, that's on my Twitter handle. And then also you can follow my personal Twitter, which is TPeace19. And then also on Instagram at BeMorePeace, like B-M-O-R-E Peace. And uh, you can follow all my pictures and interviews from the events I've been to and catch up on the kids and the events I've been to. And you can see all the pictures and stuff there. So it's great stuff. Yeah, and if anybody wants to, because I guess this is kind of getting into the, we're, we're dangerously approaching the uh, the dead time of the year for lacrosse whenever there's really not a whole lot to talk about. But it gives us an opportunity to touch on topics that we may not otherwise get to just because of the busy season. And I know I had someone reach out. I kind of put a call out on the on Twitter for people to be like, hey, give us your thoughts on what you want to talk about. Like, what do you want to hear? So you can use either you can either add us or use the hashtag around the crease, and then we'll get those as well. And then we'll use that for kind of ideas that we want to do um, heading into the fall. We already I already have a couple um, ideas for the next couple weeks, but we're always looking for more. So if there's something you really want to hear, you want you know get our take on it, you want to just see what we think, just or something we haven't thought of just use hashtag around the crease or at either me or tom um and we'll, we'll make sure we get it into a future show well it's funny mike because it's been kind of that that parent topic we we discussed a couple show last show and it's still a topic with people on twitter talking with me and uh people sharing their their stories from events of parents out of control and still it's still a topic, even after we t discussed it earlier in the month on the, the third episode of, the, of the, Around the Crease. And it's amazing how much that topic is uh, still being discussed. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because actually this morning when I was going through my email, I saw a story on uh, .com, the uh, kind of a, a upstate New York uh, coverage. And it was, I guess, the one of the school districts had, they just fired a bunch of coaches like no notice and new york's an at-will state so it wasn't anything that was like no legal action or anything scandalous like that like it's perfectly allowed like employees can quit or an employer can let you go without any notice or really cause or any reasoning behind it but and it wasn't just lacrosse and actually it wasn't boys lacrosse but one of the girls lacrosse coaches they had interviewed uh her and she said she would never coach head coach a girls lacrosse team again and her reasoning was like Parents had gotten so involved with the program and had started complaining to the athletic director, and she didn't feel like she had support from the athletic director and all this stuff. And it was one of those, like, I'm reading the story, and I'm, 
this kind of thing. I was like, Tom and I just talked about this and it's, <laughs> I was like, and it's not going to end. I was like, the only thing we can hope is we talked about in the last step, episode three was that, you know, maybe, um, if we keep talking about it, you know, it'll at least bring awareness and people will think yeah. about it or, you know, kind of almost self-regulate, but like, don't be that guy kind of thing. But it was mm-hmm. one of them like, we, we can't, uh, get rid of good coaches because you, know, it, you just can't like, there's, the sport in lacrosse needs as many good coaches as we can get because that's the way the sport is going to grow. Like if you're going to grow it in the non-hotbed areas, you, you need people that grow up playing the sport and love it. And if you start getting this um, reputation of, you know, it's it's bad to be a head coach and people don't want to choose that as their profession. And, I mean, let's let's be real. Like no one's getting rich off being a high school lacrosse coach. Like. If, they're, oh. if they're, the headaches outweigh the benefits, like they're just not going to do it. Like, well, what, what, what am I going to get out of this? They're going to go coach club or maybe they'll just be like, you know what? I'll just maybe not do it. Like we do my own thing. Like it, it, it becomes one of those things. Like you got to think about the repercussions that this could, the ripple effect it could have. Like if people yeah. are choosing to be head coaches, like then what? Like, as I always say before games, let the coaches coach, let the players play, let the refs ref. Yeah. Here's, and I mean, referees is probably a good example because I think I think it was Florida that I read an article. It was I think it was this season where there was a couple games that got canceled because they didn't have enough referees. They could not find enough refs to to um, ref games, and that's one of those things. I'm like, that's another position. I'm like, if you ride them too hard and the headaches outweigh the benefits, then people won't do it, and then you can't play the game. Like, it's. It's not going to end. People have been complaining about refs and head coaches for decades. We're not going to change it. But it's, it, it's for me, it's like it's something to think about. Like you got to kind of got to realize, like either as an athletic director or a head coach or as a parent, be, take a step back and be like, you know, it, maybe this isn't the best way to go. But I mean, there's there's ways to complain and there's ways to do it. But you know, it feels like some of the ways that have worked in the past, like we're just kind of circumventing that. And I don't know. I don't know what the I, I don't know. We talked about this. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But it was just one of those because I read that story this morning. I was like, oh, this story is just going to keep coming up over and over and over again. Yeah, and I, I told like I said on Twitter uh, yesterday. I don't want to become like the the parent police officer at the cross defense. <laughs> like I don't want to be that guy that's always harping on parents because. <clears throat> Truth be told, there's really some really good lacrosse parents out there and really good parents that care about the, their kids and really encourage them and don't yell at refs or the coaches. And um, I think um, it's it's, a, it's just a small handful of people that can make it go the other direction and make a bad experience for everyone. Yeah, and I so, mean, I think it's not the vocal minority and that they just we, – we, as I think it's just as human beings, we tend to focus on the, uh, the, the people that are making the most noise and the parents that are behaving, the parents that are behaving, we're not talking about them because they're just doing what they do and they're going along and they're watching their kid play and they're having a good time. And then the two or three that are acting a fool get the focus because like, well, they're getting all the attention. So that's the other thing why, why I love the apex slash invitation. All the parents were, Phenomenal! I give them an A plus for being great. Like, um, that's and I and I like and I just I hope um, it can get better. And I know there's some great parents out there. And I think if, like you said, if we can discuss it on the podcast like this and just talk about it in a um, constructive manner, I think 
parents and people can get their act together and everyone can help the game grow and do it in a great and mature way, you know? Yeah, definitely. So if anybody has any thoughts, feedback, anything they want to say, uh, make sure you find us on Twitter. Like I said, use hashtag around the crease or tag either of our Twitter accounts and we'll be sure to get back to you. So we're going to move on and we'll talk to you guys next week. (laughs) 